Hey, all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back, nature nerds, to another episode of You're Gonna Die Out There. This is Jen, and across from me is the amazing Megan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who is going to be telling our story today. Yeah, we, we have a lot of things, actually, to talk about. And we're going to shout out some patrons at the end. Amazing patrons. I wanted to start us off, Jen, with telling everybody, we had a comment on our Instagram. There is a follower who who said that they were binge listening. They love our content so much. They're, they're inspired to take conservation and ecology classes this fall. That's amazing. I know. Now they're going to know when we're lying. We just make up biological terms. They're going to be like, actually, now, you know, I've taken this ecology class. Now we know the truth. Stop using extant wrong. (laughs) We can't help it. Extirpated. Close enough. That makes me feel proud. Like we've inspired somebody. That's kind of cool. Along the same lines as the biology deal, Mm -hmm. I did listen to someone, I think it was Pagan Cowgirl, tagged Tooth and Claw podcast. And they are a similar podcast to ours in that they're, well, I mean, it seems like he's way more renowned. Uh, a bear biologist, uh, one of the guys on there. And then they talk about animal attacks. And I listened to an episode and it is really good. I enjoyed it. They do a little bit of banter. That's so cool to be a bear biologist. Yeah. That's what way more yeah. dangerous than being a sea turtle biologist. Well, I mean, sea turtles can they fuck have, you up too. They'll slap you. Yeah. They bring the sharks. Well, not on purpose. Yeah, but I'm not just Not to like eat you. They're just trying not to get eaten. Our episode we posted last week, we pulled it from the Patreon bonus episodes just to give everybody a little taste. Yeah. Of, you know, what- A little snippet. A little snippet of the bonuses. We've been having one every month, so I think there's... April, May, June, July, four right four, now. Four, about mm-hmm. to be five. Yep. yep. Like any day now. Any day. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally happening. No, but we're going to have all those bonus episodes. We're not going to probably post any more of those because mm-hmm. those are for our patrons, but we thought it'd be fun to share one. That was yes. the first one we did. That was the very first one. If you had a chance to listen, it was about Sentinel Island, which I found super interesting. It's a crazy story. Right. And we had one of our followers on Instagram, which I just feel like all these people everybody it's just like when they write to us it's like i'm getting messages from my friends because they're so like-minded i love it well the funny thing is if you ever send us something and then we like heart it and then maybe like eight hours later there'll be like a message on there it's because i probably saw it or jen saw it and they were like oh my god go look at this because we think like one of us will think it's funnier than the other or whatever <laughs> and so we like might write back yeah but you'll get probably get something yeah. from one or both of us <laughs> at random times guaranteed we both see it though because yes. we stalk that instagram like, like nobody's no t- business. Like no tomorrow. But we had one of our followers who had listened to the episode. They looked up Sentinel Island and sent us that there were two five-star reviews for <laughs> Sentinel Island. Five stars. I was like, that's amazing. That's awesome. Like, who's leaving five-star reviews? Just on Yelp. It's- Let's not encourage anyone to go there. Don't go there. Arrowed. For sure. Uh, We got an email from Caroline Garber. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Hi, Megan and Jen. I recently found your show through a targeted Instagram ad. What? What? (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, I worked really hard on that. You did. She enjoyed it immensely. She said, I know the episode aired ages ago, but I wanted to share some neat related tidbits I thought you might enjoy. Y'all were wondering early in the episode who came up with the names for groups of animals. And I have answers. Even a podcast with more information. Basically, animal group names are called, quote, now 
sounds of assemblage. And it was a bunch of silly old drunk guys who came up with them. Not all were meant to be serious. And some names were pretty telling of the worldview at the time, like a group of wives being an impatience. That's hilarious and awful. At the same time. I know. I'm like, hmm, I'm not hmm. sure how I feel about that. Right? Stuff You Should Know podcast did a great little little episode about these silly words. Also, How Stuff Works has an informative article on the topic. Thanks for making an interesting, entertaining show. I like y'all's banter. Keep up the good work. Best, Caroline. And then she sent us two links, one for the Stuff You Should Know episode and one for the um, How Stuff Works. So we'll put those in our episode notes for this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we had written her back to be like, hey, can we share this? Because this is amazing. And she was like, yes, absolutely. And then she sent us a picture of her cat. She has a black cat. I'm sorry, is the best part of that whole message. so amazing. Because his name is? Joey Beefcake. Oh, my God. And I love him. He's like, he has like that Tomcat face. Like he's seen some shit. (laughs) You know, (laughs) he's just like. He just has that rugged, like, I've been out there in the world. I'm basically his number one fan now. I think we both are. Caroline, start an Instagram page just for him. Or like a, I don't know if you do the TikTok or whatever. Something. We'll follow. 100% we'll follow. Joey Beefcake, please. (laughs) Okay, I think that was it. I had one last thing. Oh, There's so many things that I was like, you know what happened, Jen, is this week I got really ahead of time. I like sat down and was like, oh, we should talk about this and we should talk about this, which I I never do. And then we actually- Wait, wait. About it. You planned ahead. Let's not even. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Okay. I'm but worried. I didn't do my laundry until this morning. You know, I sent you a picture of me you guys, in my you American guys. flag onesie that my derby friends had gotten me a number of years ago, and I was out of clothes, so <laughs> I didn't had leave to, the house. I couldn't leave the house. I was like, I can't. You know, my son got up. I was like, walk the dog. He's like, can you walk him? I gotta go to the bathroom. I was like, You're I can't leave the house at this. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, an American yeah. flag onesie. Like she sent me the picture. I was like, good God. No, la- the laundry hasn't been done in how long, Megan? <laughs> oh man, like it's a couple weeks at least. Oh. I mean, however long it takes me to go through underwear and pants. <laughs> That's it. I was like, oh. oh. I'm glad that by the time I got over here for us to podcast, you were no longer going commando in your, your American flag onesie. Because that's exactly how it was. I was like, Jen, we're gonna, it'll have to be after lunch that we're doing this. My clothes aren't dry. You can't come uh, in my house. Times. Okay, so you anyway, back to what you were saying. You were planning ahead. I was planning ahead and lost again with Jim, who we follow oh, yeah. on Instagram. He has a YouTube channel. He goes He's on hikes. He's so awesome. So awesome. He's also, I feel like, one of our friends. Right? We're, that we just like, he'll write messages about something we post and, and then like, we'll write <laughs> back. It's hilarious. Anyway. But yeah, he had he had put up a, a post recently where he had gone camping and there were some folks kind of close by, like neighbors in their campsite. Initially, he was a little bit annoyed with them, just kind of like, man, you know, they're, they're kind of like stuff is everywhere. They're really loud. Like, right. why aren't they acting right? And then he was like, you know what? It's a responsibility of those of us who have podcasts, YouTube channels, whatever. We talk about nature yes, and right, things right, like right. that. It's our responsibility to say to people, hey, you know, like, let's learn about things like the seven principles of Leave No Trace. And I thought that was really great. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to, I know we shared it as a story, I think, but I it, wanted to. He shared sh- it. But yeah, so I wanted to real quick go over the seven principles principles of leave no trace. Let's do it. So number one, plan ahead and prepare. Always important. Know the regulations. Do your laundry. (laughs) 
don't go hiking in your American flag onesie. Uh, but in this case, it's like know the regulations and special concerns for the area you're going to mm-hmm. visit. So like if you can light a fire or not. When we were talking about the Joshua Tree National Forest, like you, there were certain places where you couldn't hike. It was like pristine areas, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff. You want to know where can I go? Where can't I go? Let me just tell you, I worked at a wildlife refuge for mm-hmm. a number of years. Yeah. And most of my job was going around and, you know, having to inform people that there were no pets allowed because it was a wildlife refuge. <laughs> right. That people didn't look, you know, it was online. They just, all they needed to do was search it first. Yeah. No ground fires because sea turtles. There was just some rules. Just but. follow them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that first one. The second one is travel and camp on durable surfaces. That that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Dispose of waste properly. Even some places that are uber pristine, you got to pack out your poos and you got to be ready for that. So, you know, make sure you read the guidelines. Pack out your poos. Hopefully it's somewhere like Arctic and it just freezes in a nice yeah. frozen cube. Snow's not smelly. You just put it in a little green bag or whatever, <laughs> the blue bags or whatever they're called. Leave what you find. I am constantly telling my son this when we go on hikes. He mm-hmm. always wants to take something with him. Especially like, I don't know, boys and sticks. Sticks, rocks, Every, all, the all, things. all the things. Yeah. And I'm always like, listen, this is the deal. Like, no, don't just leave it where it is. It's part of this environment. That mm-hmm. stick that you want to pick up and take home, it needs to like biodegrade into the soil and give more life to something take else. Take only photos and leave only footprints. Oh, that's beautiful, Jen. I love it. When we lived in Hawaii, it was a little bit easier because there there are so many stories about if you take something, superstitions, superstitions about yes. if you take something, then you know, you're going to be some bad shit's going to happen to you. It's the same thing you. here on Guam. Yeah. Honestly, I believe it. There's a mm-hmm. lot of beliefs here and I know they tell the kids so that the kids will feel scared of to re- to show <laughs> respect in the forest. Right. Like don't be loud, don't hit things, don't mm-hmm. tear things up or the tatamona will get you. That scares me. And you know how I feel about There's this some kind truth. of... I know you like, don't believe I, it. I don't, but I still, before I go into the forest anytime, I like do a little like, I'm just, I'm going to be really respectful. I'm here to be, in my mind. Yes. And that's all you to need to respectful. do. Out, so <laughs> on Guam, they tell you what, before you're going to go hiking or do anything in the forest, the way people here told me, you kind of speak to, in your head, it's fine. Or you can say it out loud or whatever, but you can speak to the ancestors. And you could say like, hello, grandparents or hello, whoever. I'm only here. I'm just walking through and I'm not going to hurt anything. I won't take anything. I won't do anything. And then you say thank you. And then nothing, hopefully nothing bad will happen to you. I can get on board with that superstition. You know, it's different maybe in the US where mainland where it's kind of like maybe people wouldn't know those old beliefs. Probably with the or indigenous people who were in those areas, they probably had some of those beliefs. But we just don't know exactly what they were. Some people might, some people might not. Most people wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But here on a little island, you kind of... Everybody talks about they it. They talk about it. So you <laughs> you know and you feel like, well, this isn't my place, so I should mm-hmm. listen. Be respectful. Be Absolutely. respectful. That's all there is. Yeah. Sorry. That's good. The next one that we have here is minimize campfire impacts. So that's a whole, that's a whole like another video that I'm going to give you a link to this REI video that I watched that was really good at explaining each one of these. And then they have another one for like pooping in the woods and they have another one for campfires. Oh, really? Yeah, it's great. Wow. It's great. The sixth one is respect wildlife. We talk about that a lot on here. Well, that's, yeah. In my mind. (laughs) Yes. You're going in their home. Yes. Like, be respectful. If you, you know, walk up to a bear and it eats you. I mean, just saying. And then the last one is be considerate of others. And I think that's great. So like, you know, if when you're hiking, you want to let people who are on the bottom hiking up hike past you, you want to be respectful of like hours that people might be sleeping. If it's late, you don't want to be loud and crazy in your camp, like that kind of stuff. Right. So and I honestly, all of this, 
really comes down to the number one derby rule in life, which is don't be a douchebag. Agreed. So there you go. Number yeah. one rule in life. Uh, but yeah, those are the seven principles of leave no trace. And I'll put up that REI link in our uh, show notes. Okay. So that people can go watch that video. Maybe we'll post the video or something. I don't know. But it's really good. So that's all I had. Wow. This, this is week, a long... Sorry, guys. This is a longer intro. We tried to move away from our long intros. Yeah. But, but these are... I mean, these are things related to nature and science. And we just want to let you guys know that we uh, listen. Not to, you know, extend this even longer. But I know some of you, you like to listen to longer podcasts while you fold your clothes or, yeah. you know, walk the dogs or whatever. Well, so some people, some people are definitely doing their laundry. Yeah, I like long podcasts. I like <laughs> I like listening to it. So some people do their laundry, Megan. I caught that just now. So earlier this week, I posted a meme about the angry avocado frog. Oh, the little, yeah, the little frog. (laughs) I ended up looking up, you know, what what the name of the frog was. And I looked up a little bit more information about it because it was so cute. And I was like, what is this? I need to know more. I need to know all the things because, I mean, move over, grumpy cat. This is angry (laughs) avocado frog, right? (laughs) Oh my god, I hope it's called avocado frog. Can't even wait. It is not called an angry avocado frog. Mm. It is called a black rain frog or otherwise known as African rain frog. Black rain, that sounds like just a frog of death. I know, right? And it's only found on the southern slopes of the Cape Fold Belt in South Africa at elevations of up to over 3,000 feet, uh, which is cool. I've been to, that's like the only place in Africa I've been as to South Africa, but I didn't see them. But I guess they burrow. That's probably why I didn't see them. So they're a burrowing species. So they don't need big bodies of water. They just burrow down into these little, and make these little six inch holes because they're only like, like one divots. or two. They're really small. They're yeah. only like two inches. That totally reminds me of the spadefoot toad yeah. uh, in Georgia. And they are very tiny and they have these little kind of like appendages, like extra pieces on their legs that look like spades. And they can dig backwards. Their little back legs are like. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So these guys who, yeah, they're really tiny. They're only 1.6 to 2 inches from mm-hmm. snout to vent. But listen, they burrow to find like a little moistury spots and eat like worms and little things yeah. in the ground. And it just fits the personality. It's it like, does. I'm going to dig down here in my little burrow and leave me alone. I'm going to eat this worm. And also if it gets like... Like scared or there's a predator or something that puffs up to enlarge its body. (laughs) So to be more intimidating, which is kind of hilarious. But while they're in their burrow, if they puff up and somebody's trying to get them out, it's going to be really hard to get them out because they're all poofed. (laughs) But listen to this. The females Mm -hmm. secrete this like sticky glue on their back. So when the male frogs are like on them, they yeah. can't fall off. What? Because they're avocados. Because they're shaped all funny. <laughs> <laughs> shaped all funny. So it's like really thoughtful and kind of creepy and weird. That's cute. Well, that, like hop on, buddy. Totally You're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that totally reminds me of turtles and how male turtles have the divot. Oh, in, yeah. In their, what is it? Plastron or whatever it is. Yeah. Their tummies. Yeah. So they can, you know, get up on there without falling off. Because it's, it's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And sometimes like a couple of them pile on, which is crazy. That is crazy so in the mating season the male frogs stay will stay in the burrow to watch the eggs there's there's like mm-hmm. 40 some little tiny itty bitty eggs oh they watch them yeah so anyway oh they're good dads they don't have warts so what's on them are these little like granules they're mm-hmm. like little tiny bumps and that's what makes them look like an avocado that's cool angry avocados but the best part megan mm-hmm. is that they make their ribbit isn't quite a ribbit. It's like a little squeak. And um, are you going to play it for us? I'm going to play it for you because. I can't even wait. 
Wait, here, look at it. Oh, he's so angry. They're so angry. Oh, I've seen that video before. Those are them. Yes. Oh. That's oops, that's, that's like the amazing. angriest little squeak you ever heard. He's like, meh, leave me alone. Like, it's so cute. Just so you know, whenever you played that, I don't even know how Saber heard it, but he did. He like perked up over here. He was like, what? He's like, is that the angry avocado frog? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. That's great. I love them even more now. Either they look angry or the one I posted just looks really sad and just defeated. Just so sad. I guess because the eyes are all black too. It's it, it's like when you look at things with giant pupils, how like cats will look really like either crazy or like so adorable. <laughs> it's like they're either going to murder you or there's a lot of love coming anyway that was my science news i hadn't seen those little yeah. guys before and i was so excited about it so i had to look it up and share it well and so many people liked that post they were into it because who doesn't love avocados and who doesn't love frogs amen so there you go and if you are um ready i'm super excited i again have no clue what you're talking about today the first thing i wrote in my notes is gonna talk about some super depressing stuff today sorry awesome <laughs> like i do i'm gonna tell you the places that i got this information wikipedia does Da, 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 Wikipedia. Observe.com. O-B-S-E-R-E-V. Obsev.com. Just kidding. Uh, AVclub.com. AmericanHumane.org. NBC26.com had an article that I read about. PETA.org. And Hypable.com. Okay. Yeah. So um, today I'm going to talk about animals in the TV or movie industry. Oh. Animal actors. Okay. We kind of talked about that a little bit when we talked about the Travis. Yeah. Chimpanzees. So I thought we'd start out with, I read this article that PETA put out just called uh, Animals and Entertainment, Animals and Film. Okay. I'm going to start out with some conditions that they highlight because, you know, PETA does all of the like investigative work. Right. On these kind of like behind the scenes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So and PETA has kind of a voice, right? That's I think more angry than I am as a person. Mm -hmm. So I changed some of the wording. (laughs) I'm not so more palatable. Yeah. I mean, this is awful. The treatment of animals in the film industry like is is awful but is this current like as of today treatment or is this are we going back i'll be talking about like historically and then some current stuff let's start out with some conditions that animals typically have to deal with in terms of working in the entertainment industry and like you said we have talked about some of these and other issues so i'll kind of scoot through these kind of quickly so usually often they're orphaned animals they've been taken from their mom Uh, like in the case of chimps we talked about their moms are used for bush meat and the babies are sold Uh, usually into entertainment or zoos or something like that. They're trained to perform on cue until they're considered too old, too sick, or simply no longer profitable. I think we talk about that with elephants, with big cats. Like, that's just a big issue Mm -hmm. is that people are like, oh, I'm going to take this wild animal from the wild and use them until they're too scary and then they uh, either put them down mm-hmm. um, or they have the option of putting them into a sanctuary or they wait until they attack somebody and then they just get Poor shot nice. Jesus yeah, yeah. Uh, living conditions are typically not great they're saying this is still happening today uh, including food deprivation um, abusive training techniques those things are commonly used to ensure that the animals will, pre- will perform in the fewest takes possible so right so they don't feed them so they'll work for their food because they're just starving yeah which is no good mm-hmm. And they had a couple of photos of current kind of like wolf 
dogs, like more wild side dogs um, that are used in the entertainment industry. And they're just kept in dog runs with no bedding, just concrete washed out. And I was like, wow, is that a th- I didn't even think that that was a thing. Because we'll talk about a little bit later, the like things that the film industry is supposed to meet standards they're supposed to meet to be able to use animals in movies. But there are some like kind of surprising movies that involve animals that I was like, oh, I didn't know that they didn't do this cr- properly, you know? Mm-hmm. You're going to just ruin a bunch of movies for us. <sighs> I'm very sorry. Um, when it comes to wild animals like bears, snakes, big cats, monkeys, wolves, and elephants, uh, the entertainment industry has been inherently cruel, which we, again, have talked about. And I have to agree with this. There is never a situation in which it's acceptable to use them in a movie or TV show. No amount of training can ever completely override their natural instincts. and Unless it's yellow fangs. <laughs> Unless it's yellow <laughs> fangs. That was 1990. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> um, Unless you have some mullets and... Right? Yeah. But it's like, that's the one thing about PETA. You know, they're so like, it's never okay for these. And I'm, I kind of am like, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. For exotic animals, wild exotic animals. Exotic animals, yeah. wild animals. I, yeah, I, I agree. Domesticated animals, as long as you're treating them properly, I think they can live a, a good life and Well, and it enjoy. can be really fun to train your dog tricks. Yeah. And if you, you know, for people who that's what they do, yeah. a lot of them, they really love their pets and they, right. they train them and do all that. But yeah, but I, do, I agree. Yeah. But wild chimpanzees, animals? no, please. No. PETA does investigations that have shown that animals are disciplined negatively, sometimes whipped and kept in deplorable conditions. That's no real shocker there. PETA stresses, and I agree, there needs to be responsibility of Hollywood's trainers to stop exploiting these animals and to relinquish them to reputable sanctuaries where they can have some semblance of a natural life. And we talked about that in the chimp episode, in the elephant episode, 100,000%. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Filmmakers, too, have the responsibility never to use wild animals in their productions. I mean, there's so many things out there that you can replace now. There's enough images and people are so freaking good with CG CGI now that it's possible to do something you know if if anyone watched Avengers Endgame like that's crazy CGI and it looks good like I I didn't have you know like you could make a bear yeah. out of that like I mean, if, if you can make a I spaceship didn't personally watch it but <laughs> I trust you that it's good yeah I'm just saying animatronics CGI I mean not so much animatronics that always creeps me out like, a little bit or what about the original Clash of the Titans oh <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Listen. They didn't have a giant spider, crab spider. No. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> if you thought that was real, which I'm sure you did, I'm telling you now, oh, it wasn't. Yeah. That it was wasn't. <laughs> I think uh, that's claymation. Oh no. No, it was I think it was just animatronics, animatronics. But like blown up. It's like they did like a mini <laughs> version of it and then they just blew it up and put it and everyone's like reacting to it on the Can I just tell you that I freaking loved that movie? You know? <laughs> it's it's great. It holds up, I think. <laughs> they should do it for that age. You know, I know I should do right. it. Can you guys do? Please do Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. It's still my mom's hands down favorite movie. <laughs> I love it. Wait, is Clash of the Titans the one where Hercules has the owl? Yes. Yeah, the 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 like clock owl or whatever it was. Yes, and there's uh, Pegasus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there's that creepy guy that he was a prince or something, but he got turned into like a devil guy. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh it's good. great. Medusa with the snakes. Yes. Animatronic CGI. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Classic. <laughs> I do also like this other idea that they that PETA puts out in this article, I was like, oh, that's kind of genius. If the circumstances are right, cast your own dog, like the actors who have 
companion pets. Right? Oh, yeah. So like Bradley Cooper did. I didn't even know this. Bradley Cooper did this. He recruited his own dog for A Star is Born. That oh, new, I, yeah. I never watched that movie. That. I know. I feel like it's too emotional for me sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I just cannot with that. But yeah. apparently his dog is in it and does some tricks and stuff. Yeah. Give me some American Horror Story. Don't give me like yeah. romantic, sad movies. Exactly. That's yeah. too. That's I can't even with that yeah. anymore. The song enough alone is fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Filmmakers should also avoid commercial animal suppliers. I also agree with that. They're getting animals illegally or they're doing things after the animals age out that are not appropriate. Yeah. The place um, that PETA was trying to shut down where Travis the chimp came from, yes. that they were mm-hmm. providing entertainment. Yeah. Can I tell you something that really saddened me about yes. that when I learned about the people who had the chimpanzees that mm-hmm. one or two of the chimpanzees like baby chimpanzees were used in the Babe Pig in the City. Oh, I remember you saying that. Yeah. And it really made me feel like, because I love Babe and I liked Babe Pig in the City. When you watch it, you're just like, oh, well, this is maybe something. I mean, I guess because it was so long ago, I didn't really think about it much when it came out in the 90s. But Mm -hmm. now I'm like, bummer. I didn't come across anything negative about Babe Pig in the City by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, nothing. It didn't show up on the lists. I'm only going to talk about three movies. Okay. Today. Are they going to break my heart? Yes. 100% okay, just let's do it. Let's just rip the bandaid. We'll let's get in there. Get, let's just do it. One last thing about this PETA article is they mentioned that horses, for example, are historically among the animals most commonly injured and killed. Yes. When all used the for war movies. movies. Yeah. I wonder, I always wonder about that. You know, I'm always like, well, this isn't real, right? Because the horses didn't really die. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about one of them. (gasps) I know, I'm sorry. PETA does put out this thing about that they rely on cast and crew to help change the environment, the entertainment industry from the inside out. Anyone who sees animals being used on a film or TV set or at a training compound and they're being abused or used improperly can report it to the PETA website or they can call 323-210-223. Or send an email to PETA at AFTV at PETA.org. And apparently the reports remain anonymous. So if you're in the film industry and you see some shit going down. Something that really makes you feel very uncomfortable. And and I think that's easy. Mm -hmm. If you see something happen to an ant, just like when you were watching the video, the the trailer for Yellow Fangs, Jen. And it was like, once you hear the dog, you know, and you're like, oh, God, not the dog, you know, like that, that kind of, you know, when something is not right. Well, and how did they, yeah, how did they get the dog to make? that sound yeah that's like when a dog's really hurt yeah that's a horrible sound you can't um fake that i know i know over here like heartbreaking i read this article yes animals were harmed 21 films and tv shows where animals were actually harmed and these are all on a list of banned movies that the american humane association which i'll talk about a little bit later uh has on a list of like banned movies like they don't think you should watch them they don't think that you should own them or support them in any way oh wow So I took what I thought were the top three. So it's not necessarily in this order. They start with like older, I think, to more recent movies. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you all 21 because it's just going to break your, I mean. But I I want to know. I'm sharing the link. You can go look at it. You can read about each one and why they think. So some of them were accidental injuries, Mm -hmm. but they could have been safer on set or figured out something else to do. Was it Lassie? No, Lassie wasn't on there. (laughs) I loved Lassie, by the way. I did too. 
This is a list of movies where animals were harmed either deliberately or Mm. accidentally when filming. And I chose three that were deliberate. The article says they aren't considering things like documentaries where animals are shown being killed or dying. Like in Roger and Me. Did you ever watch that? It's a Matthew Moore's documentary about Flint, Michigan. Mm. And there's a part where he's interviewing this lady who raises rabbits, but she raises them to sell the fur and eat. And she kills a rabbit on screen. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And you're just like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it like skins it later, I think. Mm -hmm. She's like smoking a cigarette. Yeah, but that's her deal. (laughs) That's her deal. So they're not considering those Mm -hmm. because those are documentaries that's in real life. This woman's profession whatever they're like not not looking at those by the way i had to look that up i couldn't remember i was like what part of that are they talking and as soon as i read about it i was like oh right yeah i remember now that you said it yeah uh so i'm gonna start with what i think is the worst number one worst movie it's called electrocuting an elephant it was made in 1903 thomas edison made it it is a short film it's about two minutes long oh my god yeah is this like what it shows an animal death at least partly orchestrated for the sake of a paying audience so topsy the circus elephant worked on coney island's luna park and she was deemed a threat to people because she had attacked a few people but let me just say that the attacks that she when she attacked people they deserve it. They deserved it. The, yes. One of them was either her trainer or a guy in the audience tried to burn her with a cigarette or feed her a cigarette, right? Okay, I just have to think 1903, 1903, right? people, okay, we just didn't. Animal rights was not a, I mean, people rights of all races was not a thing. Women's rights was not a thing. Yeah. Like. Animals are definitely bottom of the list. Yes. For... So she was actually sentenced to death by hanging. They were going to hang her. And I was like, this is lunacy. Oh my God. Like, did no one... No, no one cared. Edison approached the people who were planning on hanging her and was like, hey, can I electrocute her instead? Because it was electrocution at the time was considered more humane than hanging, Mm -hmm. um, which I I mean. Well, they electrocute people when they. Yeah. Yeah. So I can kind of agree with that. All right. I mean, does it give Edison a heart? No, absolutely not. Because uh, his ulterior motive, ulterior motive was to advertise the effectiveness of his own high voltage direct current system. Mm-hmm. It was all about his electrical system that he was putting out there. Like, look at what I can do. So electrocuting an elephant... They say signals a shift in conceptions of mass entertainment at the turn of the last century. Instead of coming out to see the elephants perform in the the circuses, audience came to watch one of them die over and over. And it is a loop. So I did watch it. I made it through like three loops and then I realized it was a loop. And I was like, this is awful. I mean, it's really quick. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's good. But yeah. Meaning she died quickly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit It's also like, you know, like in that time, films were kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like they're sped up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's basically like some guys bring her out with like a chain, you know, around her neck and like her feet are shackled and then they hook her up and then they electrocute her and she gets really stiff and falls over and dies. I am glad that she went to elephant heaven and was free of that yeah. horrific life. That is so sad. I really am not sure I can stick around for this whole episode. I'm sorry, guys. I might be. I might be like, all right. Well, Jen's not here anymore. <laughs> you guys have she to left. Me talk about Just peeled this. out. Yeah. You know, this was one of the things I put on my list of possible episodes, and I've been like kind of 
of it's like when we talked when I was like oh we're gonna do an episode on elephants and I'm like I don't want to do this episode but I'm gonna do it because we mulled over it a yeah. lot and I was like you can do that one I'm not doing that one kind of reminds me and I don't know if this is gonna be on your top three is that faces of death it came out in like the 80s or something and I remember it being really kind of like I'm using air quotes popular mm-hmm. back when I was like a tween or something and everybody wanting to watch it and I was like nope not interested I think it had stuff in there with animals like eating a monkey's brain kind of thing and it, but a lot of it had like different ways people die like things okay. caught on camera this is like the early days of deaths caught on camera like before you terrible things yeah. yeah but it's not on your list it's I not on tell. my list yeah okay. um the next movie on my list is stagecoach from 1939 so there was john wayne stunt double is or was i don't know if he still is considered like one of the greatest stuntmen in hollywood stunt men mm-hmm. in hollywood history his name was yakima Knut, and he is super notorious among animal rights activists i don't know if you ever heard about him or not he invented something called the running w there's a book out there called hollywood hoofbeats trails blazed across the silver screen by petrine day mitchum they explain what the running w is and it's freaking awful and this is a quotation wires attached to the horse's forelegs were threaded through a ring on the cinch and secured to buried dead weights so that when the horse ran to the end of the wires his forelegs were yanked out from under him if you've ever watched an old western mm-hmm. and there is a chase scene and a horse falls in the chase scene nine times out of ten what you're watching is the running w which mangles a horse typically will break their legs or or injure them in some way there's no consideration for the animal at all so it's supposed to be showing that they're running and they fall they fall usually the usually the rider will go over forward oh right because the wires are attached to the horse's legs and the wires run behind them mm-hmm. it causes their front legs to get pulled out from underneath them so they fall forward with their face forward oh my god yeah and this was a regular practice in those kind of scenes so it was in stagecoach there's a scene where the coach drivers are firing their rifles at a group of attacking um quote indian riders mm-hmm. um and a lot of horses in that were were crippled or killed and and since then this since this movie Mm -hmm. because right around this time between this film and and 1940 so this was in 1939 the american humane association was formed and began holding films and filmmakers to standards of treatment of the animal actors that they have in their films well i bet there were people working on these films that were like what you cannot do this sickened there's no way that in 1939 people weren't mortified by that yeah i'm sure it was cool with a few of them maybe Mm -hmm. the director or that guy the stunt guy right but everybody i'm sure there were people that were just like no way and they complained and something happened something happened yeah well and the running w was banned after this film okay so thank god for that now i hate that guy god the worst is that i love westerns i love reading westerns i like watching westerns and now i do not like watching what's like i have also had that same thought that you had like what happens to these horses like what how did they fall like that how did they because you know that it's not cgi back then no the 30s like that's not those are real horses so, i mean like, how even, do they do even recent films in the last 20 years or so yeah. i you wonder how did you how did you guys get that done yeah all right so the next movie i'm gonna do is a 19 
1980 movie called Heaven's Gate. Did you ever see this? I don't think so. I have never seen it either. Uh, Director Michael Cimino, or Cimino maybe, C-I-M-I-N-O, mistreated a lot of animals for this film. And it's like, you know, I said that the elephant one was the worst. Maybe this one is worse than the elephant film. I don't know. The AHA, the American Humane Association, was not allowed on set. How is that possible? From this movie previous, the AHA weren't required to be there. So you you could choose to have them there or not. Um, So this director was like, no. The production was accused of killing at least four horses. Um, They did this uh, a few different ways. Uh, They bled steer without any kind of pain or numbing medication. They used the blood from the horses. So they did that from the neck and they used the blood for scenes to cover actors or the whatever the room was in blood. And I'm like, you can't, you can't go to like a butcher shop and ask for, you know, or right. Like, why would you do this anyway? They disemboweled cows to use intestines from the cows in different shots in the movie. I don't know if these were. What is this movie about? God, I, you know, I'm glad I've never seen it. I started to read about it and I was like, I don't know what this is about. It's kind of random. I'm not interested in watching it either. They accidentally blew up a horse and its rider with dynamite. Uh, (gasps) The rider actually survived. Oh my God. Yeah. They staged actual cockfights and there were reports of uh, chickens being decapitated. I'm sorry, Jen. AHA actually picketed the screenings of the film and it was released in November of 1980 and it was very poorly received. It's just like a bad film in general without this animal stuff. United Artists actually pulled the film from theaters early and re-released it the next year in April after they edited it down. They like really cut a bunch of stuff out Mm -hmm. and then re-released it and it was still a significant financial failure. It only earned 3.5 million uh, domestically, but it had a $44 million budget. It's considered one of the biggest box office bombs of all time and i'm like good yeah like i hope everyone i hope he never directed a movie ever again right i think he directed oh the deer hunter the deer hunter oh that's the one where they do the russian roulette yes with uh you're gonna be wearing gold-plated diapers yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) our favorite that was great thank you he's been described by colleagues and critics as having been vain self-indulgent egotistical he seems like a real narcissistic asshole following this film and all the issues the Screen Actors Guild, SAG, and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, AMPTP, <laughs> AMPTP, they agreed to contractually authorize the AHA to monitor the use of all animals on all filmed media following this movie. And it is believed that the film was largely largely responsible for sparking the now common use of the quote, no animals were harmed disclaimer and more rigorous supervision of animal acts by the AHA, which had been inspecting film production since the 1940s. So that 1939 film sparked mm-hmm. them to start the AHA and be there. Right. And then this film sparked the the Screen Actors Guild, these other people to be like, you guys have to be here now. Right. Like, we cannot do this anymore. So I picked those two movies for that reason. Not okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to read just a little excerpt. There's a 131 page guidance on how to gain the certification of, quote, no animals were harmed register. It's like a registered certification. Okay. Um, and it's 131 pages of like, this is how you do it and how you don't do it. And if you don't follow these guidelines, you don't get that at the end of your movie. So if you ever see a movie, and I think that they put it, uh, if you look at a trailer or whatever, mm-hmm. it should have it on there, like no animals were harmed. And if you don't see it there, 
or it doesn't say exactly no animals were harmed, then you know that something wasn't right about this movie. They didn't get the stamp of approval. They didn't get the stamp of approval. The, this front page of their document, I was like, I'm going to read all the 131 pages. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> That's a lot. It's a lot. But I'm going to post it. It's yeah. a PDF, so. Okay, do it. This little, like, opener is entitled A Legacy of Protection Since 1940. On the set, the American Humane Association Certified Animal Safety Representatives, trademarked, mm-hmm. <laughs> ensure that the guidelines are upheld, advise production on safety issues, document all animal action and care, and serve as independent professional objective witnesses to the treatment and well-being of animal actors. American Humane Association's oversight includes film, television, commercials, music videos, and computer images. So I guess if they're going to use anything for like a computer, they, I don't know if that means like also video games, if they like hook up a dog to, you know, like a CGI thing or something mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. watch it move. In reality, the industry today is primarily composed of caring and responsible individuals. American Humane Association's role also has evolved to that of safety expert and animal advocate. American Humane Association works proactively and collaboratively with filmmakers beginning early in pre-production during filming through the project's release or airing and throughout the entire distribution life of the production i'm like man mm-hmm. it's hardcore only american humane associations onset supervision can qualify a production for official end credit certification eligibility Whew. how would you like to have that job right i kind of would think it'd be pretty cool that's to get to be on set right and you're like eh, 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 no sir like that, that dog has been working for 30 minutes and needs to take a break yeah yep. that's uh, literally what they do. I would do. love yeah. to be, I would just have my clipboard and be like, excuse me. Hi. Um, this is Jen I'm from sorry. AHA. <laughs> this is Je- I'm Jen from AHA. This llama needs to go have some water right now. You fed this llama too many quesadillas. Do you not eat your casserole? Does- excuse me, could you not talk to her that way? <laughs> I think that you shouldn't throw the casserole at the llama. It is kind of cool, though, because it's like, I love movies. I love TV. This could be a, I new, love a career change. Yeah. I don't think it would happen in Guam. But. No. So AHA also investigates allegations of mistreatment and cruelty and sanctions productions that do not meet its standards of humane animal treatment. I don't know what the sanctions are, if they're like just charging them fees or if they're like holding people uh, legally responsible. Because, you know, animal cruelty is you can not just fines, you can go to jail. For sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what those are exactly, but they're saying that AHA currently monitors 70% of known animal action in film and television productions. So I'm like, why not 100%? What's, What's missing? The other 30. Yeah. And this is just in the US? I think this is, all, yeah, just in the US. Yes, they don't, yeah. I don't think that they're, because it's the American Humane Association. Oh, yeah. Do they have the Russian Humane <laughs> Association? You know, like... I'm sure they have something, something similar. Mm-hmm. What if it's an American film being filmed in Europe? I'm not 100% on that, but I am assuming. Seems I'm making like an assumption. If they want to get that accreditation at the end. Right. Which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I stick around for the credits and I would want to know. And if there were a movie, like if that movie in 1980, if I were, you know, like cognizant of that, because at the time I think I was like six months old. Mm-hmm. If I were like an adult and that movie came out in 1980 and the AHA were like, this is what happened on there. I'd be like, well, I don't want to go watch that then. Oh, for sure. Yeah. A lot of people would never. Want, I mean, that, and that's why they changed the, yeah. the rules or the laws, I guess. Yeah. The 70% amounts to 2000 productions annually where certified animal safety representatives, trademarked, combine Mm -hmm. animal welfare and behavioral expertise to care for animal actors and protect their interests. 
that's a little bit about the AHA. Okay. Which I found interesting. Peter doesn't always agree with them. I think Peter wants them to be way more strict. Of course. But I think they're, I think that they're kind of two sides of the same coin a little right. bit. Right. They're trying, they're middle ground. Yeah. Because they realize the film that needs to be made, there's those people, you know, what it's kind of about looking at what everybody wants and trying to find right. a compromise. Well, I think also the way that they refer to animals as animal actors, mm-hmm. right? That's something that I don't think PETA would do. Like, I don't think they would consider any animal an actor. Right. They're an animal. But yeah, this I think, yeah, they're more of like a middle, someplace in the middle there. Right. Uh, so some surprising movies that, uh, I mean, made me a little sad. I know. Number one, and one that I'm a huge fan of, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey in 2012. There was a 2013 investigation by AHA into allegations that 27 animals died on set, mostly sheep and goats. They died of dehydration, exhaustion, and drowning. Yeah. Despite this, the AHA didn't further investigate. And I'm wondering if it's because it was in New Zealand with a New Zealand director, but I think the studio was American. Mm. So eventually they gave the movie a carefully worded seal of approval. So I don't think they gave them the no animals were harmed. They must have given them... Some animals were harmed, but, you know, overall it was kind of okay. okay. (laughs) Like some weird, (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah. So I'm not sure. I have to go back and watch and see what it was. But that made me sad because I I love all of those. Yeah. I was, well, honestly, I was thinking about like Lord of the Rings because all the horses and... Yeah. But they didn't show up on any of my, on any of these lists. So I was like... Well, maybe he learned his lesson from that one. Well, the Hobbit... that was first, right? No, no, no. That came after. Oh. He did the Hobbit trilogy after he did. Lord oh yeah, of the yeah, Rings. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Which, sorry. by the way, I've been gone a long time. Lord of the Rings is like twenty years old. I think it's more than twenty years old. What? I don't even want to think about it. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl in 2003. Quote, many smaller animals, including fish and squid, were killed after explosions were detonated (gasps) in the ocean. No one thought that they would result in disturbing the marine life. So no precautions were taken, according to documents. How is that even possible? Thank you. How do you think that you can blow up things in the water and you can't have someone do some kind of like preliminary whatever you can't like yeah come on now um according to documents from the production of pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl dead marine life was seen washing up on shore for four days following the shoot come on guys yeah this one made me kind of sad i'm sorry the adventures of milo and otis from 1986 so this is reports of animal abuse while it was being filmed according to a 1990 australian newspaper report more than 20 kittens were killed during its production and one cat's paw was intentionally broken to make it look unsteady when walking. Yeah. No. I love this movie. The cat and dog like travel across the country mm-hmm. to get back to their home or it's something. It's like a pug. Yeah. And the pug fights with a bear. Yeah. There's like a whole thing. I, I, and I, it's all like voiceovers yeah. and stuff. Narration. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. Now I'm like, well, never mind. That's Especially terrible. kittens. Come on, man. Why were kittens murdered? It was a little orange tabby. I thought it was a full grown cat. Is it a kitten? It was a kitten. The first one is a kitten. I'm pretty sure. Oh. So they're like, well, that one's not working and just like toss it aside. <laughs> like, what is going on? Right. I want to know more. But I also was like, I didn't really want to read any more about it. But like, I was also like, well, what, the, yeah. what did they do? I know that there is a scene where a kitten plunges like over 100 feet <gasps> into like the ocean or something or a river. They're like, they can land on their feet, right? Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, and I think there might be another scene where the dog is like struggling in the water 
and it is a little pug you know they need to wear a life jacket in the water <laughs> they're not swimmers they're not swimmers yeah I, I had a pug i remember your pug we, we yeah he was quincy quincy he was <laughs> he was a from the pug rescue from dallas when i was in oklahoma and one of my good friends always called him he was like hey north dallas <laughs> it's like, it like how is this pug just roaming the streets in dallas <laughs> like it was hilarious but yeah That's he was funny. awesome oh man life of pi is the next movie 2012 and we both read life of pi and the other character in that book is a bengal tiger and it turns out that or at least it was reported that the the bengal that they used in the movie was treated poorly on set allegations that this treatment this poor treatment was covered up by the American American Humane Association. Ouch. Yeah. And then King, who's the the real life tiger they used in the movie, he nearly drowned during the, the shoot, according to people on set. No, I'm pretty sure they don't like swimming. Yeah. I don't know a lot about tigers, but... Right, I'm don't... trying to remember which cat it is that actually does swim. And I feel like it was some kind of panther or something like that. They go through the... Maybe I was thinking of the Florida panther because they're like swampy. Maybe. The next movie is Speed Racer in 2008. This is a live action movie version of the classic cartoon. You ever watch? I watched go the Speed cartoon Racer. when I was a go kid. Speed Racer. Yeah. So there were reports of animal abuse on this set. I actually didn't watch this movie. There were allegations from those on set that a chimpanzee actor used in the film was beaten after <gasps> it bit a human actor. And the movie was deemed unacceptable by the American Humane Association as a result of the in- incident. Wow. So I'm not going to be seeing this movie. No, but, never. Yeah. And you know, if that chimp had every right to bite. Yeah. This one was, I thought, kind of surprising. Flicka, which is a movie about horses, horse racing. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2006, during the filming of this family movie, two horses were killed. The AHA classified the deaths as, quote, unpreventable accidents. One horse was euthanized after breaking its leg during a scene, and another broke its neck when it tripped on a rope while running. I get it. These are considered accidents. Yeah. Just unfortunate. At the same time, you have to ask yourself. Would it have happened if yeah. there were more safety precautions? Like, why was the rope there? Right. What was going on? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Only they know. Those are all of the the kind of shitty things that I have to talk about. Okay. So I'm I'm done with most of my story. Before I give you the organization that I'd like you to support, I did, when I was searching for animal deaths, mm-hmm. uh, there was this article about the saddest cinematic animal deaths. And I was like, what is this about? And it's actually talking about in movies when animals die in the storyline. Oh, yeah. The saddest ones. So I took from the list that they had, it was like very long. Number one, King Kong. Oh, man, I didn't even. Okay, so this, is, with Jeff this is Megan's top 10 saddest cinematic animal deaths. Project <laughs> oh my god those aren't even on that list but from this list okay number one i i gave it to or do you want to let me start at the bottom yeah i started at number 10 top 10 okay yeah no, number 10 is daisy the dog from john wick because you know it's coming john wick did you ever watch that no. they're so good honestly Keanu i mean, reeves yes i just don't watch movies i just I'm a hard time focusing. You have to watch these three movies. I watched the first one. I immediately bought the next two because it was so freaking good. Okay. But basically the premise of the movie is that these gang members come and kill his dog. (gasps) And he murders everybody. Very, yes. (laughs) Accurate. I get it. It is very sad when his dog dies. Daisy. Number nine, Mm -hmm. I have Hooch from Turner and Hooch. I cried. I, when I watched that movie, I, Tom Hanks, he's a detective. Yeah. I cried when Hooch dies. Probably yeah. I avoided those movies because I get overly sad. About the, yeah. Yeah, about animal stuff. Number eight, Game of Thrones. There's a lot in Game of Thrones. I mean, there's so much death in Game of oh, Thrones Oh, yeah, the anyway, wolves, right? But all th- there are four wolves that die, Lady Summer, Grey Wind, and Shaggy Dog. Mm-hmm. And then I actually was a little sad, although I knew 
it was going to come back. But when the dragon Viserion, Viserion dies and then comes back as like, you know, I, I didn't finish an undead. It. Oh, my bad. Well, anyway, spoiler I, I, alert. That was CGI. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, number seven, Hedwig from Harry Potter, which I also knew was coming because I read the books. But when it happened in the movie, I still cried. Do you not remember that? It's like the very last that Harry's like leaving. No, I don't remember that. Is, it, remember in the, is it in the movies? Yeah, it's in the book and the movies. So they're leaving his aunt and uncle's house. He's going to be someplace safe, but it's before his 18th birthday. So like the trace is still on him and they're flying in the air and some, I don't know, Voldemort or someone oh, kills the owl. yes, yes. I do remember that. And it comes out of freaking nowhere. Yeah, totally. Like, oh. Yeah. So oh, the last few Harry Potters are just really Good dark. Marching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They are, it's true. I, might, I don't let my kids watch them. We watch the happy, like, first three. Three. And, and you're like, that's right, just, that's And good. then we stop. Yeah, it's just too much. Uh, number six, I have Charlie from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Again, you kind of know it's going to happen, but mm-hmm. it's still sad when he's saying goodbye. Yeah. I cry. Isn't that a cartoon? It is a cartoon. Okay. But whatever. Whatever. It's sad. Yeah. <laughs> number five is Old Yeller from Old Yeller. Old Yeller? That's the one where they go out the back and shoot, shoot yeah, because he, he gets rabies. Because he was protecting the kid. Yeah, yeah. That one we read the book, mm-hmm. and then the other one that we our teacher read us like the saddest dog books when we were like in fourth and fifth grade. I think the other one is the next one. The, I'm about where to the do. red fern or the red fern grows. Oh my God. That's my number four. Old Dan and little Anne. So sad. Rough. Yes. The books were rough. No, bu- no pun intended. Oh, <laughs> oh god. Number three is Artax from the Neverending Story. The horse. Oh my gosh, she sinks. Oh, when I was a kid and I watched that, I was sobbing. And I swear that scene was like a million years long. But yeah. now I watched it with my son and I was like, wow, this is, they get to that really quickly. Like, it's just, yeah, but also it's so sad. My son cried. So there you go. There Good. you go. Because he has a beautiful heart. He does. Uh, number two is Charlotte from Charlotte's Web. Oh, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, my cried. kids get sad over that. And number one, I have tied for number one Bambi's mom and Littlefoot's mom in Bambi and The Land Before Time. Oh, yeah. Those are just just freaking heart-wrenching i think so what it sad. is too is that you know i was very young when i watched those movies and mm-hmm. the thought of like losing my mom was like overwhelming so yeah. i was like oh, what are they gonna do <laughs> yeah. you know but um there are some honorable mentions okay that i have from this list one is muse from stranger things the cat the kind of nerdy there's like a well they're all kind of nerdy but mm-hmm. the one friend um who actually brings one of the one of the creatures from the upside down back and he's like, it ends up killing his cat. And I was like, not the cat. Anyway, cat's name is Muse. Lil Sebastian from Parks and Rec. The miniature horse. Miniature horse. <laughs> Why was, do I not remember that? I, I was like, what? But I guess he like peed everywhere. I can't. They got him. For, they got him for some reason. I can't remember why. What he was all about. I think he might have been like a party little horse when they were doing those crazy parties or something. And yeah. He ended up dying. I I can't remember how he died. What was the other one that was like Marley and me or Mar? Oh yeah, Marley and me was one of the ones on this list. But I I don't know. I had read the book and I thought the book was better than the movie. So the saddest one recently that mm-hmm. I cry through. Then there's like two of them. Is the dog's purpose? Oh, I've never. You have not watched The Dog's Purpose. The the good thing about it is that the dog, Mm -hmm. its spirit, keeps coming back in different dogs to stay with the people he loves. So until they are okay. It's, it's good. If, were you ugly crying? No, I always do the sinks. I'm usually watching it with my husband and my mm-hmm. kids and they'll just start like, I'll be over in the corner all like teary eyed, like trying to hide <laughs> so they don't make fun of me. And yeah, yeah. Like, just, and sometimes they'll be like, mom, are you crying? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Just look, the, look away. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah, but yeah, that one gets me. This other honorable mention, I have two more. Auntie from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, like a big aunt. Do you remember that movie? They like go 
traipsing are your honorable on honorable these mentions? are my honorable mentions yeah this is my top 10 so it's oh, like sorry i thought it was the <laughs> no, no 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 these are i chose I like, who these. else would choose these honorable mentions oh because i remember these movies <laughs> I the ones that made you cry yeah ones that made me cry that's what i put in there but yeah there was like a giant ant there was a like a red yard ant or whatever uh-huh. and they befriended it and it like carried their stuff for them and then it ends up dying and they cry and i cry I cried when the ant died before they got bigger i'm anyway, pretty sure i didn't watch that one it's random yeah. The last honorable mention, which I guess some people might put up there with Bambi's mom, is Mufasa from The Lion King. But I've never, and don't hate me for this, I've never really been into The Lion King. Oh, me neither. It's not my it's not my jam. My brother, I think, really liked it. It was like a little bit younger than me liked it, but it wasn't... Uh, at that point, I was like, meh. Well, you were in between. So when that movie came out, I was actually being a babysitter, like a nanny right. for a little girl. And so I was watching all those movies mm-hmm. around that time like little mermaid beauty and the beast lion king they all came kind of came out when i was taking care of her right out of uh when i finished high school so i thought it was good you know but i wasn't not like the rescuers or like those like a mm-hmm. little bit older yeah i like yeah. those more yeah all right so those are my top 10 and honorable mentions that's great sorry that i threw mine in there cinema- I, no that's fine of that's- course babe makes me well, cry every time like that'll do pig oh my god <laughs> that i'm always like Okay, when he dances for him to make him feel better. That Yes, that actually just made me a little bit verklempt. Yeah. <laughs> you just talking about it. But he doesn't die. And then in the second one, the whole point of that is like this lady trying to rescue all these animals and hide them. Right. In her big house and all these dogs, like neighborhood stray dogs, end up going to this house. And there's mm. this little chihuahua. <laughs> this part always makes me cry. I might cry when I say it. But oh, God. they're all standing around and they're like, but we're hungry. And so they go in and they all share, like they each get one jelly bean mm-hmm. but before that he's like my people put me in a bag and throw me in the river oh god and i'm like, <laughs> it's, like it's like all these like kind of thrown away animals yeah and then in the end they all go to the farm and they're all like living happy. happy lives yeah that's why i love that movie but now i'm just like i know gosh darn it do you have any other movies that you like said i brought up the one project x with matthew broderick oh god that's a like murder you how did that not end up on any of these i want to know about that movie for real that one and the older the jeff bridges king kong version i had to leave the room i was crying so hard because i'm like he didn't deserve that he's (laughs) like you stole him from his native habitat yeah poor horses though i bet a lot i i feel like there's a lot more deaths or Mm -hmm. injuries that are not documented over all these years of all these movies using so many horses in war i feel like it's animals who are considered beasts of burden maybe got the real shit end of this already shitty stick for sure an organization to support jen yes let's Let's liven it it up (laughs) the national humane education society and you can find them at www.nhes.org in 1948 in response to our nation's constant killing of stray and abandoned companion animals mrs anna c briggs founded the national humane education society as a private nonprofit animal welfare organization with a central mission quote to foster a sentiment of of kindness to animals in children and adults. This mission stemmed from Mrs. Briggs' philosophical belief system that animals have intrinsic value in and of themselves and are deserving of our protection. Uh, some things that they suggest in terms of ensuring your family's media consumption does not support animal cruelty. Avoid television shows and films that feature exotic animal performers. If you have children, make sure they understand that animals depicted in movies and television are different than they are in real life. Learn about the lives 
lives and histories of animal actors before purchasing movies and television shows, and contact filmmakers and production companies and let them know that as a viewer, you care about the welfare of animals in film. So just call up the studio (laughs) and just be like, listen here. Yeah. In 1963, one of the board members, Alice Alice Morgan Wright, she wrote 12 guiding principles to serve as a simple blueprint for the creation of a more humane world. Uh, number one, to oppose cruelty in all its forms. Number two, to strive for an end to bullfighting, rodeo, and all cruel sports whenever performed and wherever represented as art or as entertainment. Three, to strive to abol- abolish cruel trapping. Four, to discourage hunting, especially as a sport. Five, to oppose all poisoning of wildlife. Six, to protect and conserve wildlife for its own sake and not as a resource for man's exploitation. Seven, to aid or initiate programs for slaughter reform. Eight, to teach humane handling and care of work animals and food animals. Nine, to advance programs in the humane sterilization of cats and dogs in order to reduce their overpopulation. I can get behind that a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. I mean, all these are great. Number 10, to provide for the rescue, housing, and feeding of lost, stray, or abandoned animals until suitable homes are found. I feel like that's both of our houses, right? For sure. 11, to urge that when it is necessary to put any tame animal to death, unless some better method of euthanasia is available to be so arranged, the animal be held in the arms of some human friend while it is being given a painless preliminary anesthetic to be stroked and comforted with reassuring words until it loses consciousness, after which the lethal agent should be quickly administered. So... That's real specific. That is real specific. That is real specific. But I have actually administered a lot of mm-hmm. I've euthanized a lot of animals when I was working at the veterinary hospital because I was like six years and I was good at giving injections so a lot of times I would give the injection mm-hmm. and sometimes people didn't want to stay right for it so what we did is yeah we did the whole like we held that's like somebody would things. hold and rub the animal mm-hmm. and like talk to them and you know because it's like that's it yeah. sometimes we'd give them some like you know if they could still eat like give them a cheeseburger or something you know like like try to make it as nice as possible but one thing I want to point out, the one about hunting. So she did say for sport. sport so just to yes. point that out, because we're not anti-hunting. We are at not. All, that's but correct. For sport, like it's not for food. For trophy hunting, for yeah, for sport where you're not using it to sustain your family. To me, there's right. no real purpose for that. And I get it, you know, for uh, managing populations of ungulates, mm-hmm. we get that. That's another difficult one that we're probably going to talk about trophy hunting. is trophy hunting. Yeah. I know we've talked about it a couple of other... We're going to do that one day, you guys. Yeah. Oh, and then the last one. Let me read you this Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. To recognize in animals their capacity for friendship and their need for friends, to befriend all Earth's animals or creatures <laughs> of the land, the sea, and the air, to defend them against ravages by mankind, and to inspire in human beings compassion for all. Wow. I really like this list. It's very well thought out. Yes. Yeah. And I think, again, this is a a situation of don't be a douchebag. Yeah. Like care for things. Strive to be better. Strive to be better. I, you know, I teach my kids, they don't like spiders, Mm -hmm. but I, we talk about Charlotte's Web. Yeah. But I'm like, but the spiders are eating all the other little bugs that you don't want. So leave them. Just let them do their thing. They're not hurting you. If a spider was attacking my child, I'd murder (laughs) it. But that doesn't happen. They just hang out they just chill they're just living their lives eat things i think the only in terms of like wanting to murder would be mosquitoes and cockroaches those are like the two that i'm like i kill rats there's no (laughs) well rats are a big issue well they're a huge issue here well they bother my chickens and so and they yeah there were rats when we were peace corps that ate chickens (laughs) they were the (laughs) biggest rats i've ever seen in my life (laughs) like that's frightening anyway that is uh my story for today so jen 
I'm not really sure. I don't think we can have an emergency preparedness kit. Yeah, I think I kind of feel like those 12, two things, the seven uh, principles of Leave No Trace Mm -hmm. and the 12 guiding principles from the National Humane Education Society. Did I say that right? Yeah. The basically the handbook to not being a douchebag. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I think um, I liked our idea earlier of being an AHA observer. Yeah. And getting your AHA badge and clipboard. Get your, what were they called again? It was trademarked, Jen. Yeah. (laughs) Certified animal safety representatives. Yes. Be one of, yeah, be one of those. Or advocate for those things. What would we call it if it's, you know, not like a real badge? Well, I think there's a lot of things in this. What did you just call, you just said it's like handbook to not being a douchebag? Yes. Yeah. So in this handbook to not being a douchebag, there are the leave no trace, these guiding principles for being compassionate towards animals, and then this certified animal safety representative trademarked yes. AHA card. All the things. Yeah, I like it. Um, side note, did you know that you don't have to be over 50 to get an AARP card? What? I'm just saying. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Again? I don't know. What do you need an AARP card for? You get all sorts of shit. You get like free food and you get like discounts on stuff. It's like... At Denny's? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How free... old do you have to be? You get a free omelet. You can be any age. They don't discriminate. It says it in their thing. I saw a TikTok on it. I so you I can be like 21 and just be like, here's my AARP. <laughs> yes. And when you go to Denny's, Flights. then they'll give you a free coffee. No shit, Jen. You can get AARP flights. Like the price of the flight is cheaper by like a hundred dollars. Hotels that doesn't make sense that just anybody could get it. Anybody can. They're no. non-discriminatory. That's a hoax. <laughs> it's look totally it, real. Look I'm it gonna, up. I'm gonna look it up. I'm getting an AARP card. I'm just telling you now. Get me one too. Sign me up. Let's do it. I want some free shit. For sure. So we do our Patreon shout outs. So yeah, let's do a little Patreon shout out. Let's start out with Hollis. Thank you so much for joining our Patreon family. Woohoo. Thank you. Yes. We also want to give a big thanks to Sarah. Yay. Thanks, Sarah. So thankful that you are one of our patrons. Our next Patreon patron is Jim. Thank you so much, Jim. Woohoo. Thank you. Next on the list is Ileana. It's a beautiful name. That's a great name. name. Yeah. Thank you so much. We love it. We love your name and we are so appreciative. The last one is Amelia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We hope that we can provide some amazing content for you guys. Exceptional content. I This past week, I did put together some outtakes, a couple. I still have some more to do. I meant to do one every day. So I'll have, I think, like three more that I'm going to put out of our just out. I mean, I'm not gonna say outrageous just random outtakes we hope you guys like those it's real random if you want to listen anyway thanks guys if you want to become a patron and hear those bonus episodes and those outtakes Mm -hmm. just go to our website at you're gonna die out there.com um go to the patron site and there you go get her done and thanks for the story megan it was kind of a bummer but i feel like we all learned something and that's why we're here we're here to learn it's important to learn part of history it's part of our world true that and we'll all become better people in the end for sure so I appreciate it. Until next time. Don't die out there. Bye. Bye. Hold on. Don't bother me. (laughs) I'm in my bedroom. (laughs) He's like, go away. Let me turn out. Let me turn out. (laughs) Let me turn out. Let me turn out.